1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Can you see it? Did you notice? Know Checked, but the puck comes
1: right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, He scores! Moments
0: notice. Adams leads to the line. Hughes
1: scores. Endless existence. Take
0: you to the sun. First career NHL goal. Quinn Hughes makes it one nothing. You're listening to Canucks conversation Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't. I yeah. I cover Queen Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy
1: and get Demco involved. I wanted them in and down. Wednesday. Wow. Really? We should do a radio show together.
0: <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
1: Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores.
0: Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Mm -hmm. Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. High above Rogers Arena on a very beautiful day... There were a lot of seagulls swirling around outside, but that appears to be no longer the case. Uh, this is the Canucks Conversation Podcast. We are here to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Chris, where do you want to start? Well, what if we... Uh,
1: I can open this window here. It'd be pretty pretty wild to no. do it live on the stream. Hang a french fry out the window, like you are saying here, and see if uh, a seagull comes by. Or even just, I don't know, maybe we can suction it or like hang so, it on a fishing string.
0: Something <laughs> so like that. I had this thought. We were before the show... I was said, like, you know, what if we open this window and just, you know, there were so many seagulls swirling mm. around right outside the window. If we just held our hand out, like, right. would they come and snatch it right out of your hand? Or what I really thought was if you threw it in the air, would they like dive bomb it? But you made a good point. Seagulls aren't that fast. No, I
1: don't think they're that quick. I've seen them around uh, back in the day when I used to do a lot of crabbing. When I was a young teenager, 12, 13, 14 years old, we used to go crabbing all the time down in Nanaimo on the little uh, dock there. And the seagulls, they were all over the place because you used like a... You'd go to the fish market and you'd get like the scraps, the fish scraps. That's what you put inside the crab mm. trap. It was it was a smart move. You did it from, you got it from the people there. They just sold you like by hundred grams was like, they'd give you a big bucket for like 10 bucks and then that, you were all good to go crabbing all day long. So crabbing. Yeah. Is that a
0: normal thing that people do in Nanaimo?
1: Um, I, I think so. It's a pretty big deal. They got a big dock down there in the Harbor. You're heading over to Nanaimo pretty soon too, right? Yeah, You're going I'm to my hometown.
0: Going to your hometown just to do a little scouting.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What do you got? Uh, what's his name? Wood Matthew Wood in town? Yeah, Matthew no, he's Wood off in town. the NCAA. He's playing with uh, UConn. Yes. Okay. We weren't impressed with Matthew Wood. We've talked about this. We've seen S- him seen him live twice. No,
0: and we're gonna watch him more. I'm sure. Well, yeah, we'll but watch
1: him more. But I think he slid a lot. People were he saying top slide ten a lot. for a long time. Was people were saying top three when yeah. we were watching him because we like, he's big and he was putting don't up think r- so. ridiculous points. Now he's off in the NCAA. Haven't seen much. He's almost sliding out the first round. A lot of people. Sterling Wilson, good in kid ch-
0: though. Sterling Wilson jumped in the chat. Said twenty dollars to the pod if quads can feed a seagull on camera.
1: Yeah, let's get that up. Money on the board if we can feed it. You well, said you're afraid to do it.
0: We gotta just throw it on Patreon. I'm sure, twenty bucks. I would do that for twenty
1: bucks. Yeah, if we can get a video up, you'll see it. Uh, we'll tweet it out if we get it on the Patreon. If yeah. it's us feeding a seagull here off the the, the people the, down at Rogers hey, Arena walking I wanna, outside. I'd like to brag for just a second, and I never do this. Get on a French the show. fry you know in the face. I have been. 14 days in November, what did I say? I'm going to go to the gym every day in November. 14 days in, have not missed a day. I've gone to the gym every day so far in
0: November. I'm proud of you, man. And mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with my girlfriend last night because you keep snapping me when you're at the gym, which I'm not accountability. 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 I appreciate that you do it. But what I was seeing is I'm like, man, like he hasn't taken a day off. Nope. And, you know, I just personally, like I take days off in between going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there was that. Um, that period where I got the inspiration from your dad to go to the gym twice a day. And that was was when I was really, really, you know, adding muscle at a ridiculous rate and then I just stopped completely. Um, But that was hard and mm-hmm. i i hated it after that like i was like i'm not doing this again two days it's, a, yeah, it's it was. too much but even one a day like i don't do one a day now i, I can't I, I don't have the I'll time i'll be on
1: it there's been a few days where i've just gone and just done like the uh, uphill walk on the treadmill do that for you know 20 minutes and just lift a few weights or, okay. or do some some like sit ups and stuff
0: well, doing hey, all you, that but hey 14 days feeling good you know what i heard and this is this this rings so true anything worth doing Oh, you screwed it up. Well, something like anything worth doing is worth doing poorly, well, or something like that. Thank you did the opposite. Of no, what it's like it's either. like just showing up. It's trying to say okay. what it's trying to convey, and I know I just butchered that quote.
1: Yeah, but put that out. <laughs> the, the
0: the whole point of the quote is that you know even if you just like you said walk mm. up the little you know incline or whatever, and it's just whatever, uh, you can uh, you know even doing it poorly. Is still worth doing it, and a
1: couple days I had the uh, Peloton. That's a good one. Still, I've heard nothing but good things I've heard about a Peloton. But I'm not a big, uh, I'm Aren't not a big like bike two down. grand or something. No, you can get the monthly payments on the damn thing. You can get the monthly payments on there. Go we'll
0: buy yourself a bicycle and go. Rip no, around they, the Park.
1: Peloton's way better. They got the the people that yell at you. They got the people on the bikes. They got the TV screen in front of you. There.
0: I'll sit on your handlebars and yell at you.
1: No, I don't think so. That's not <laughs> going to be see a us, sight uh, there.
0: Uh, ripping around, uh, ripping around
1: downtown. Yeah, we'll pick up one of those Shaw Go bikes and we'll be <laughs> put you in the. Back ask it uh no let's get to the canucks okay where do we where do we want like to start be a whole other show idea <laughs> like favor on a peloton and quads and i just yelling at favor yeah no, that, <laughs> that sounds right. good we'll put you guys in one of those little uh you know when you see sometimes you see people taking their kids out and those little things behind them yes you and alex oh, back in that did, you a say, dream. did you say hello to alex as well i don't think you said i did
0: i said our producer is alex allard okay. i say it every show okay don't i don't forget i never forget you know, you, you're, you so, have you're so mean to Alex. I just, I'm just i not even going to get into it. Okay, No, I, no easy, day, a easy day on Alex. I didn't give him much
1: graphics to deal
0: with here. Cody Severson, uh, who wrote his first stanchies, by the way, mm-hmm. absolutely crushed it out of the park. Uh, shout out Cody Severson. He jumped in the chat and said, do something worth doing, strike one. Do something not worth doing, strike three. That's the quote. That's not the quote I was looking for. But it's close. It's closer than what I threw out there. All right. Let's get to it. Let's Blow it up. Yeah, let's get to the Vancouver Canucks. You've written the title, and your title on the show today, you were angry. You were picking I'm angry in the Atlas Goods poll question, which we'll get to later. Mm -hmm. But you're saying, blow it up. I think we've been saying it for a while, and I don't think this trip... And here's the thing, right? We see these quotes about this trip is going to make the Canucks decide what they're going to do. Or we see reports of, oh, the Canucks are going to take action after this trip. What... And I know it didn't happen, and it's not going to happen. A win against Buffalo doesn't change anything. But what would have happened if the Canucks ran the table on this road trip? Like if the Canucks, maybe not even in impressive fashion, let's say like against Ottawa where they didn't command a win, they just earned their way to a win. Like they, they stumbled to a win, if you will. Mm-hmm. What would happen if that happened five times on this trip and this team went on a five-game win streak? OB. Are we all of a sudden talking about, well, this, this team isn't going to change anything now. First-round pick for John Klingberg. Because, exactly, and here, here's D. where the problems lie because we've said it before about how when Rutherford first came here, talking about how there's there's issues with these team, this team, there's all these, you know, uh, issues we get bailed out by a star goalie. Say Demko turned it around on this trip, and they did get bailed out by a star goalie. Mm-hmm. Like, things were just back to how they were last year. Are they all of a sudden changing their point of view and saying, hey, you know what? We're buying what we're being sold right now by this team. I don't think so. I don't think our tune would change, and I think that might piss off a lot more people than the amount that it's going to piss off now when we say that we think we should blow it up because I think we've said it since the start. like Since since it really went bad for this team after like the five-game mark when they were winless through however many it was. Like, honestly, it's all a blur at this point. Well, but-
1: you know what? Here's the thing. We weren't, we were saying things when this new regime came in and we were like right on everything they were saying sounded good. You know, maybe we need to take a step back. This team needs to be rebuilt. It's not good enough. The, you know, everything that they were saying about this team, like uh, they had to rely on goaltending. We're like, yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. All these things that they said at the time was like right on. We're about to see something different. Something happened to this team. And to me, we're at the point like, listen, Canucks just lost their last three games, five to the Canadians Wednesday uh, and then on Saturday, they lost to the Leafs, obviously, 3-2, and then 5-2 yesterday against the Bruins with the Sabres tomorrow. We don't need to talk about the games because the games are – there's nothing noteworthy from the games. And that, I don't think it would have been I, – I think we would have been in you know a little bit of a better mood today coming in if they would have won a game or, or played some good hockey over these last three games. But they're just tough to watch. It was. I mean, I tell you, the Canucks are playing at uh, 3 o'clock our time yesterday, you know where you flip it. Like I can't do it because a job is to watch the Canucks and be able to talk about everything. But like, man, I sure wish I was watching a little bit of football there at that point. You know, I was getting, especially those Sunday afternoon games. They're tough to tough to get through. But I mean, nothing would have changed the way that I think I look at this team. And I think a lot of the fan base, even, even the ones that like, listen, even just people who are just like simple, just, you just want to watch the Canucks win, right? You just want to watch the Canucks win. I think those people are starting to get fed up, right? like, those people that are just just happy and just want to all just want to take in all the positive news and that's great. Like I, I think that's a great way to live as a fan. If you just want to like take in positive news and, and be happy about the team when like, they do good things, you know, you post a new picture of Andre Kazmenko holding the puppy, you get all excited. Great, that's a great spot to be as a fan. I think that's awesome to not be like as engaged as some people are. Just just take the positives, be happy, cheer for the team that you want to win. But we're getting to a point now where like. Apathy isn't coming. Like it's not coming because it's here. Like it's here. Those people that just want to be happy about the team have been beaten down so much that it's like, why would I want to still be a diehard fan of this team at this point? And that doesn't just hurt the fan base currently. I've I I've said this. I've, I swear I've said this for years. Ever since I started podcast, before you even joined the show, I remember talking about like, imagine the kids right now trying to become fans of this team, We're like. Their dads grew up, and you know, a lot of them watched the 94 series as fans, and they're like, oh, man, like that was such good times." Or a lot of people, even like my age or even a few years older or a few years younger that are having kids who really remember that 2011 series as like a you know young 20 year old or even like a teenager watching the 2011 series who are having kids, and it's like, you're telling them about these good times, and then their kids are trying to get into it. And this team just sucks. Like it sucks to watch this team so much for a fan base that they're not building any new fans either. Right, so I, they're in such a spot right now where at least like the idea of hope is, is the thing that's been like talked about so much. Do you remember like Do you remember hope was like trending through Canucks Twitter like last year before all the Benning stuff happened? Right, like that was a do you, like I remember I remember going through a time where it was like a month or so where that was the hot topic word was hope because there was no hope, there was no hope that Jim Benning and his regime was going to be able to turn this around, and then hope came back. Hope was here when Bruce Boudreaux got here, right? When he went on this run with this team, when his first few games, they start to win all those games, have a great start. There was hope there. There was hope when this regime started to bring in smart minds. And we're thinking, man, Emily Castonguay comes in, and she's the one who did that really good deal for Roussel. There was hope. There was hope. There was hope. And all these other new bodies coming in, Patrick Alvine. there was hope there because he had a good scouting background and all this stuff. And like we're at the point now where we're just over a month into the season. The season started on October 12th. And hope is already gone. So you need to do something. This organization needs to do something to put hope back into the fan base's minds. Because it's completely gone. We already saw it in the chat already. People are like, that's the title of the show. There's no hope. That's at least, at least, just like the smallest thing you can do as a hockey, as a sports organization, is at least give your fans something to hope for. But what are you hoping for the Canucks right now? Like, what would you hope for? Nothing.
0: And that's the thing. You're right. You're bang on. And... To answer your question, in my mind, if I'm a fan of this team, the only thing, and and again, we've recognized that there's different types of fans, right? If I'm a fan of this team who wants to see them return to the glory days and to get back to being competitive yearly instead of maybe shooting to squeak into a bubble playoff run every once in a while, being a bubble team, right? Instead of doing that yearly. The only thing at this point that I think makes me happy as a fan is for this organization to come out and give a letter to fans or say, hey, we we screwed up. We know we've screwed up. There was a mess from the last regime. Nobody's denying that. But we need to kind of reset here and we need to do a proper rebuild. And whatever that entails, that's going to be up to them and that's Mm going to be up to... Criticism, like people are going to be able to look at that and say, "Okay, well, here's where they should have gone. Here's what they should have done." There, people are going to do that no matter what you do. And to all the people out there that say things like, "Elise Peterson and Quinn Hughes aren't going to want to stay through a rebuild. They're not going to want to stay for that." Bo Horvat's come out and said he doesn't want to stay through another rebuild. Keep in mind, he used the word "another." Okay, hmm. so Bo Horvat has equated the last however many years he's been here, seven, eight, whatever it's been. He equates those years to being rebuild years, or a good chunk of them, at least. Obviously, he wouldn't include the bubble in that conversation. But he he used the term, I wouldn't want to go through a rebuild. I don't want to go through another retool. That type of thing. That's what we've heard from Bo Horvat. And obviously, that doesn't matter too much because, you know, he wants to cash in on a big deal. He wants to win too, right, folks? Like, he's a UFA He's going to want to explore a free agency. He's getting older. He's not getting any younger. This is a chance to cash in. He's going to want to cash in with a contending team that he's a chance to win with, right? Like the guy wants to win a cup. He's not probably not going to do that in Vancouver. Okay. So that doesn't matter too much because you can trade Bo Horvath and you can get assets. That's probably going to happen regardless because look, second in goals in the league, he's not doing anything to make his price tag any cheaper. Canucks didn't even meet with his agent in Toronto when they were there for uh, the hockey hall of fame and the game against the Leafs. They didn't meet. There's a lot of progress to be done there. Everybody's reported that. Nothing new. What I have the problem with is people saying, oh, Petey and Quinn aren't going to stay through the rebuild. Does anybody ask them that? Because I'm pretty sure they don't want to stay through whatever the hell this is and whatever they've been put through for the past two years. I understand Pedersen not being on his game at the start of the year was part of the problem last year, but he's done nothing but be an elite playmaking center to start this season. And... Cody talked about in the Stanchies last night. You have to wonder if he's playing through something. There was a shot on the broadcast of him with a wrist, uh, his wrist taped up, isn't shooting as much lately. Has missed every optional skate that the Canucks have had uh, recently, and I believe on the year. I don't think he's attended an optional skate, and he's still playing at this level. He's still giving it his all defensively. Petey still cares. He's not checked out. No. So my my problem is people that say. Well, if you rebuild, you have to get rid of them because they're not going to want to stay. If you go to Pedersen and Quinn Hughes and say, hey, we're going to rebuild the team and we're going to do it around you two. We think you two are the cornerstones that can take this team to the next level. I would be shocked to learn that either Hughes or Pedersen, who keep in mind are really good friends, have a problem with them being the next wave of leaders on this team and being the next core that this team... Builds around and adds a really good piece at the draft with because they've decided to punt on this year and turn their focus to future years ahead. Hell, you can even include Thatcher Demko in that conversation. Um, and Dollywall reported today it was just something he'd heard. I texted him about it. He doesn't want it to be a big story. It's not a big story. Uh, teams have been calling the Canucks about Thatcher Demko. A little bit interesting, but again, I, I again I, I've thrown out the scenario of oh well if they if they want to really tank they could trade Thatcher Demko, but mm-hmm. again. That was also when I said it was contingent on him turning it around. I thought personally, I thought he would have turned it around by now. Obviously, I still think it's coming. I don't think this is the Thatcher Demko that we're just going to have to get used to for the rest of his career. I think he's going to turn it around. But right now, you're not getting full value for Thatcher Demko, so I don't think that's anything to uh, you know talk about or worry about. Because as Wall when we were just texting, kind of mentioned, he's like, "They're everybody's calling about the Canucks young players right now. Oh, right. Sure. It's just you know." There's lots of different teams calling. It's not just uh, Demko. But you keep Thatcher, Excuse me, you keep Patterson and Hughes for sure, and I'm willing to listen on keeping Thatcher Demko for this next wave. A couple of things in
1: the chat I want to get to. JC Van Dam with a great one. Can we sim the rest of this year? I wish. Uh, Sterling Wilson brings up a good point as well. I have two six-year-old twin boys. It's brutal for them to try to become Canucks fans. They don't understand how they can be this bad. His six-year-old kids don't understand how they can be this bad. Like, <laughs> and he added... That's what really sucks is the next generation. All you need is just like excitement from like the West Coast Express era. Yeah. When I grew up watching this team, the West Coast Express. You growing up and watching, you know, the next era when the Canucks were good at that Me point. Me growing pushing. up and watching Sven Berti. Yeah, exactly. Like you know what I'm saying. Like, but but honestly, like you growing up and getting a chance to see the 2011 team. Right, like you were what 11 years old in 2011. Yeah. So like you're you're getting a chance to be a kid and take that in. And and I like. even if the like man back in the day like when I was a kid like you you know wearing your Canucks jersey to school was like a sense of pride right like that was awesome and then it's like you show up at school and like five of your buddies you're all wearing your Canucks jerseys like you know you have a BX one you got a Burroughs one Kessler one the Sedins like that's not happening now man like unfortunately that's just not happening and And that that's really bad for the future of this fan base
0: neither of us have kids but if if there's any parents in the chat are there Canucks jerseys on mass at the schools because like Teachers were wearing them oh, to yeah. work. And, you know, like this was especially during the 2011 Cup run. But the Canucks took over this city, rightfully so. And I got to be honest with you, I, I I haven't seen any numbers. Did the Western Conference semifinal yesterday of the CFL get more viewers and more interest? They're doing good numbers in the CFL, yeah.
1: They are. They're but doing good TV numbers. I know,
0: the BC Lions, people are liking what they're seeing from the BC Lions right next door to us. And mm. myself included. I, I'm probably going to buy season tickets next year. Yeah, for the BC Lions. Yeah, because it almost
1: because it's a nice getaway from the Canucks. Like it was, I really enjoy my time. I went to three Lions games this year. Yeah. I had a good time at each one. It was a lot of fun. You know how many Canucks? I've gone to every Canucks home game this year. I haven't had a good time at no, any of them. Really, I
0: got I got free tickets to that one that I told you about, and yeah, I was I wasn't happy being there. It yeah. wasn't great.
1: Zabero's in the chat here. I hope I said that right. Petey needs to be the captain of this team next year. This is his team now. It doesn't matter if Bo stays or not.
0: And that's the thing and that, Bo's that we've not. Seen. I,
1: Remember, we've been saying, like, Bo 50-50 if he signs or not. But I tell you what, the way this season's going and the way that he's playing, I would not say it's 50-50 anymore. Bo's not going to be here next year.
0: No. Things can always change, but everything Mm -hmm. we're hearing. And look, his price isn't going down, right? Not at all. He's going to have a lot of interest. The guy has the most goals in the league aside from Connor McDavid. That's the only player in the league who has more goals than Bo Horvat. And look. The people that say, "Oh, well, he doesn't play defense." Neither does Connor McDavid. Yeah, he doesn't need to. And I'm not saying Bohorvat is Connor McDavid, but he's not going to sign for six and a half million or whatever Canucks fans are saying. Well, he'll take a hometown discount. There's no chance Bo Horvat's taking a hometown discount to play in this market. And let's let's see the standings here before we get to the poll question. I've put that in there
1: for you, Alex. Pull it up. Pull it up, Alex. We got the standings here for the Vancouver Canucks, and it's just yeah. It, listen, they're they're a bad team. They're third worst in the league right now when it comes to points percentage. They're. Only out of a pair of teams in the NHL, and that'll kind of bring us to our poll question in just a minute here. But you look at this, and it's like, man, you know, they can't win at home, they can't win on the road, they just can't win in general. When you're the third worst team in the league, I just it, you think that maybe you have some spots to like take some cap space or be able to move some players, but it's just that's not there either. So that's this is the thing. This is what's going to happen. The Canucks have a lot of really hard work to do in the future over the next two to three years to set themselves up to being competitive for a long time. They have a lot of very hard work to do. Hard work is not re-signing JT Miller. That's not hard work, okay? Hard work is not getting Ilya Mikheyev on a four-year deal. Hard work is making these trades that, you know, how how much did we see this weekend about the Brian Burke stuff where he moved around to get the Sedins? Like, that's hard work. Calling multiple teams and putting things together, string trades together. It's going to help your organization for a long time. Like, hard work. And do you need to talk about buyouts? Maybe. Like, OEL's up there. We'll talk about that at some point this week. I got an idea for OEL, which we got to later. We got got our, got our idea segment back, which uh, we'll fire up in the chat here. would love to see other people's ideas. Get them in now. Uh, but everything. I, I just think that there's so much that this team needs to do. A lot of hard work. We'll get to the logo. We'll get to that in a second. But let's move to the poll question now. Okay, uh, And Alex, you can pull us. out. I yeah. want to see where Alex votes because I know they're... Alex, he's talking about he's falling asleep on the computer board. I don't know if he's going to do that on our show. I don't even know what he was be saying nice. before the show. You'd be nice. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify.
0: it's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Nice. Uh, our Atlas Goods poll question brought mm-hmm. to you, as you've heard us say before, folks, by the great folks At Atlas Goods. Use promo code CC15 at atlasgds.com for 15% off your first order of pop rinds. You've seen us eat them on the show. They're the best fresh pork rinds straight out of your microwave or... Air Fryer, Alex, go back to the poll question. I don't have it on my phone. I was reading I it got, off the I'll, screen.
1: I'll pull the poll question up <laughs> But that's our, that's our promo is code. Alex too deep. He's in the pork runs again. He's telling us he wants a bit today. Promo
0: code is CC15. That gets you 15% off. Uh, locally owned and operated right out of Surrey. Yeah, but they our, ship Canada wide, baby. They do. Uh, our poll question today. Will the Canucks finish in the bottom five of the NHL at the season's end? Yes, bottom five. No, no bottom six to 12. No flirt with the playoffs. Ooh, and as saucy. always with a different emoji this time around, I'm oh, angry. Yeah. Look at that wrong emoji. Yeah. Use the wrong one. Well, I put this
1: one out on the computer actually. So the ah. you different looking emojis on your phone. Oh, Alex says bottom five or no, he got denied access. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Alex that
0: says that the Canucks are going to finish in the bottom five of the NHL. What, what are you going with? And before that, let me just say what the voters have majority of the voters so far, 45% say no bottom six to 12. So right in that, Danger zone, where you're in no man's land, right? Where you're not bad enough to really get a good pick, but you're not good enough to do anything of substance for this market. Uh, and then 8% say no flirt with the playoffs. 35, 36%, excuse me, say yes, bottom five team. And 11% say they are angry. I'll tell you what. The Vancouver Canucks. Somebody asked us in
1: the chat a earlier. Like, what does it mean for the Canucks to get a top three pick to turn this franchise? Like, how long do it take to turn this franchise around? I say top four these the top 4 players that you're going to have in this upcoming draft are going to make a massive impact on your team. Fantilli's going to make an impact. We obviously yep. know about Connor Bedard. Fantilli's going to make a huge impact I think year 1 coming out of the draft. Matt vay Mishkov, listen, he's he's on in the KHL till like 25 26 that season. So he's going to be a little bit to get here, but man is he, you know, you plant that seed, making a draft pick that high, you're going to be very happy with the product when he finally gets here to North America. And Leo Carlson is the last one. Like, he just scored a beautiful goal. Uh, I was watching him at the Five Nations tournament, which we'll get to a little bit later. He, I think he's coming right over to the NHL as well. So you're getting an impact player immediately with a few of them. Like, I, I think Fantilli's immediately making an impact. I think Bedard's making an impact. And I, I mean, Carlson's playing so well um, in the SHL. I think he could make an impact, too. I don't know if he's, like, going to do the same amount that Fantilli, uh, Fantilli and Bedard are going to do. But Carlson, like, six three, This guy's a... Like, he, he looks so good out of Sweden. So these top... The Canucks need to finish in the bottom five so they can get one of these top four picks.
0: And that's that's what I'm going to say. These are the top I'm, of the top there. I'm saying the Canucks finish bottom five because, hey, I have faith this team's actually going to do the right thing. Mm. I think this team is going to properly tank this year. I, I don't think they finish in the bottom five. I think I'm with the majority here where they do finish. Are you kind of hinging that on a Demko turnaround? Because that's what's I, giving me pause.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I still think that there's... Unless they really... Unless they can move out, Miller, Horvat. You know, and really start to commit to a lot of these other players. And they keep OEL. Yeah, I mean, like... Keep OEL Myers together in a shutdown role. Keep Burroughs up in the press box. Like, he was the best defenseman the other night. Yeah, don't play Kyle Burroughs. They have... There is a route for them to, like, really tank. Like, it's not... Again, it's it's hard work, I think, to tank. It it really is. Like, it is hard work for you
0: to... Especially when your team's built to be good. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's That's the thing, is they're
0: behind teams that are built to be bad. Which is wild. It's going to turn around at some point for the Canucks. And I mm-hmm. think that's what fans are worried about, really. Is again, like, and again, I think what we have to talk about here, and yeah, r- remember pom- promo code CC15, uh, 15% off your order. Those at- pork Atlas, rinds are no GDS. joke, I tell yeah, you. Yeah, and you know, fake news GLS jumped in the chat, said pork rinds are nasty. Hey, We've said it before that we don't like store bought pork rinds. Neither of us liked it. You don't buy the ones in the yellow bag. And you get these ones, and they're totally different. You've never had anything like it. Anyways, uh, atlasgds.com. I want to talk about this. We'll go to the got an idea section. I got an idea, Chris. Mm. And something I was thinking about. Before we
1: get to that quickly, sure. And maybe this can be in the idea part, but we kind of skipped on it. But Bruce Boudreau. I don't think it's uh, it's going to be much longer, which is unfortunate. That's my I'm idea. Miss...
0: I'm getting to it. Okay, well I'm just
1: saying here. If you read the outline <laughs> here, or the Bruce Boudreau thing was supposed to set this up. I, yeah, I think because the Canucks had their celebration today of their hockey hall of famers with the Sedin twins, obviously going in and Roberto Luongo, they can't do anything today. Wouldn't be surprised if it's done tomorrow before the game, but also like
0: with before. a day off. Yeah, with a day off today, they'll save airfare if they let them fly home. Save money, man. We'll see. They gave up a second round pick so that Bruce Boudreau could uh, fly home with them.
1: Yeah. Treat it to, yeah, Anyways, save that money. Okay. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think he's coming back to Vancouver. Unfortunately, I just don't. I,
0: I can't see how that's happening. Like no, I, I, think, I really can't so see how that's happening. I agree with you. And all the reports are indicating that Bruce Boudreau is going to be like, go at some point here. That's why I say just do it before the Buffalo game. Do it tomorrow morning.
1: Let Mike Yo have his practice with the team.
0: Sure. Okay. So I've. Uh, Got something for you.
1: Jeremy so. Carlton just flew out east as well. Landed in Montreal today.
0: Oh, okay. With With the HL, team. for Canucks. Yeah. HL okay. teams up there. I was like
1: Sorry, no, are you really reporting this? Just casually, team. he did. He flew out.
0: Yeah, okay, but with yeah, with, his with, AHL team. with the AHL team, that I'm just has a saying game he flew. He's
1: out east now. The, the AHL team, they're out east. Well, you cut it out. We're going to get they calls landed. Up no, Wazoo. they landed in Montreal today. Whatever. Okay, that's um, all I said.
0: AHL team, they're in Montreal. They're the whole organization's out east. So there's been a lot of reports, you know, from varying people saying it's not a matter of when, or excuse me, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Man, I'm just on fire with these quotes today. Um yeah. For Bruce Boudreaux to get let go by the Canucks. Now, what I want to talk about in my Got an Idea segment is... Pull it up, Alex. What exactly are the Canucks hoping to accomplish by letting go of Bruce Boudreaux? Right? And that's kind of what I really want to focus on here. And I want to hear from the listeners in the chat. I want to hear from you because... You got an
1: idea? Let us know. Where?
0: Because my idea of what... Oh, gosh. I just slipped on my... Be careful on that. I slipped on my... uh... Breast, that kind of hurt. I hit my funny bone. I'll fight through the pain. Dude. Um, what was I saying? Okay, sorry. Excuse it's me. Stars in your eyes. Yeah, that was that. That rattled me a little bit. Yeah. Well, nothing you'll, like you'll a have funny. Flip this. You'll have to post there this. Oh my gosh! And then the archers see love's in the eyes. Okay. Good game. On the what week. I want to talk about is what are the Canucks hoping to accomplish by letting go of Bruce Boudreau? Are they hoping to turn around the season with a coaching bump? Are they hoping to get some accountability on their players for next year? Because all of these theories have been thrown out there and you've kind of thought about what a coaching change would accomplish. And you and I were kind of talking about it off air beforehand. What you want to accomplish, we think, is a bottom five finish. Like you want to punt on this season, right? Like you don't want... And again, are you triggering a rebuild? It depends what you want to do. So I think... And I, I, I'm i not saying I don't think they'll do this. I'm not trying to fault them for anything that they haven't done because I think they will do it. But after Bruce is fired... It'll be really interesting to see what Rutherford and co. say, right? One thing's for certain. They need to have a calculated search for a head coach. It can't be, okay, we we like this guy because we knew him in Pittsburgh or we knew him here. We like him. We're going to give him the job. It needs to be, we need to find a direction for this team first, okay? You need to find a direction You need to execute on that direction. You need to communicate that direction to the guys who you think are difference makers and are going to be here through whatever that direction is. If it's a rebuild, tell PD and Quinn what you're doing. Make sure they're on board before you go public with it and say to your fans, hey, we're doing a rebuild. What can't happen is the players can't find out through the media that there's a rebuild coming, right? It needs to come from the organization. They need to tell the players first. There needs to be communication from top to bottom with this organization it needs to happen it just like you need to have the players that are going to be part of the solution that you think are part of the solution you need to have them aware of what's going on and again it goes to a coaching coaching change as well right you you need the coaching change to not be supported by the players cuz i don't think it's going to be cuz i think what it signals is that hey somebody's going to come in and kind of crack the whip finally Ah, uh, because you know everybody's saying that they play too loose under Bruce Boudreau, which I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I think we talked about it last week with Harmon that I don't think structure is going to change anything for this team. Um, I think Bruce is going to go somewhere else and have success. Yep, he I is. Really, do. like he has every other place he in has, his career. Uh, you
1: know, is Toronto is Toronto going to hire Bruce Boudreau in two months from now and he
0: gets them through that first round? Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I I'm not I'm not right? going to rehash what's already been said. Sure, but Bruce isn't the problem with this team. No. Um, here's the thing. He's the- just also not the solution right now. Yep. That's true. But the solution isn't a coaching change. Or I don't think coach. there's a coach out there. That's the solution. And, and, and but- that's my point. Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to have a calculated rebuild. You need to find who the right person is, or excuse me, a calculated process of finding a coach. You need to figure out what you're going to do. and you need to execute on it. Well, it can't be this. Well, we like this guy. We think he's able to get us wins. So we're going to get him in there. You need to figure out what's this team going to look like in a year. The coach that you're bringing on is probably going to be here for multiple years, right? I don't think there's a coach that's going to sign to play, or excuse me, to coach this team just for the end of this year. That's why you and I talked about it. Interim, you got Mike Yo, you got Trent Call on the bench, you got Jeremy Colleton in the uh, Abbotsford Canucks system. You've got these guys already under contract. As an interim option, those guys are available to you, right? Do they want the job? Probably some of them. Uh, At least one or two of those guys that we mentioned probably wants a head coaching job at some point. So the interim job, you figure out what you're going to do. You communicate a plan to the fan base. You communicate to the players. Communicate. I think that's the big theme here with the Canucks uh, and Bruce Boudreaux's potential dismissal is what are you hoping to accomplish? Figure it out what you're hoping to accomplish with the Boudreaux firing before you make the firing. And then as soon as you make the firing, have it ready to go. That you're going to tell your fans, you're going to tell your players, you're going to tell this fan base that you've done wrong by so much already this year, that, hey, we screwed up, we've got a new plan, Bruce isn't part of the plan, here's the plan. Give some direction. Right? Don't say, right. Bruce isn't getting wins, and we, we think this new guy's going to get us some wins. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that right now.
1: No. And we mentioned it, we're in the Got an Idea segment, so let uh, if you're in the chat right now, fire it up. If you got an idea, see one in here from Johnny. Uh, who's in charge of the PK currently, which is Mike Yo? And uh, Johnny says, make them the coach for the rest of this season. Top three draft pick, guaranteed. Tell you what, Mike Yo is running the penalty kill. He's likely also look, the leading man for for taking over this team.
0: The Canucks penalty kill is also relying on guys who don't really kill penalties. Yes, and that's look, Curtis Lazar's out. They don't have anybody who can take a draw. Like they don't have anybody to win faceoffs other than Bo Horvat, who's not the best penalty killer. Mm-mm. He's winning draws. Him and Pedersen
1: look fine together. Him and Pedersen
0: do look good, but but Bo isolated is not a great penalty no, that's killer. Elias Pedersen's the team's best penalty killer.
1: Yep, yeah, I think so. Which is like, yeah, those that's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of hard minutes, right? And a lot of people look at the ice time and they're like, geez, you know, sometimes when Pedersen wasn't killing penalties and he was, you know, over twenty minutes, it was like, oh, good, nothing bad. But now that he's killing penalties, and he's over twenty minutes. It's like, oh, well, those. Those extra three to five minutes of ice time that you get on the penalty kill, those are hard minutes, man. Those are really hard minutes. Uh, it's why you see, like, power, guys on the power play don't ever – they rarely get tired, right? You don't get tired on the power play. You get really tired on the penalty kill because you're chasing the whole time. I just – yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be very curious to see what happens here over the next couple of days. I I just – I don't see a world where where Bruce is back, and that's unfortunate because this isn't on him. Like, this is not on him at all. Um, I mean, I'm a tiny bit of blame, I guess you could put there, but I don't think a lot like this is about really making this team. And I think finding direction, finding hope, finding anything for the fan base to latch onto, because I, I just, I don't think I really, I really hope this team doesn't do this. You know, we've, we've heard Barry Trotz's name is still out there. Rick talk. name is out there. Don't so, do that right now. Don't, don't do that at this point in the season with where everything's at. Yeah.
0: Don't get a veteran coach. No, you're cause saying. that's
1: the easy, that's the easy way out. To, like do some hard work, do yep. some hard work, and go get to an off season. Like whatever, let Mike Yo run the team, let Trent Call run the team. I don't care,
0: like. But do some actual hard like, work. It's almost like, hey, take a deep breath. Yeah, take do a that step for back, once, man. Instead of just like we hear cheers over here on the Barry Trot side. Let's go toward that or yeah. Rick Talkett or whoever it is. You're what you're saying is take a deep breath, take a step back. Evaluate your team and what you have. Evaluate how your team got you here. Don't throw it all on structure. Don't go ahead and bring in a structure coach and then just get a repeat of what we saw under Travis Green last year when Travis Green started to have the players under a solid structure. Mm-hmm. Don't do that again. Take a step back. Look at the root problems
1: and address them. Yeah, you know what's crazy about this team, which we've seen like remember when this team was like playing to a structure. Uh, you can go back to the bubble. Remember that structure that they had against the Vegas Golden Knights where it just yep. wasn't good enough? And like the team has gotten worse since then? And they then? almost did it. They almost pulled it off with yeah, that structure. But the team has gotten worse since then. Exactly. And they were like, that was like 100% reliable. That was on with structure. Chris
0: Chanev playing at some of his best hockey. Yep. That was at Tyler Myers playing pretty well. Yeah. That was no OEL on your team at no. that point. Alex Edler right now is better oh. than Oliver Ekman Larson, Ekman oh, yeah. Larson is right now. Edler was better than Ekman Larson before that. And keep in mind, like, people will say, like, how could Jim Benning let Alex Edler go and sign Ekman Larson instead? Alex Edler made the choice to leave. Alex Edler thought he was going to be a Canuck for life, but then he made the choice to leave. Alex Edler didn't want to be here through whatever was going on there. And again, I don't, i said it so many times, but I don't think it's gotten enough attention that Nate Schmidt's here for a year, accepts a trade to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Asks, you know, wants out. And Alex Edler, a guy who probably thought he was going to retire a Canuck, wants nothing to do with whatever was coming next. And hey, maybe he knew something that the rest of us didn't because what ended up happening next was awful. Yeah.
1: And Brian Brian says Markstrom and Demko carried that series more than anything else. Yeah. 55 minutes a night in the Vegas series to spend the Canucks in. And, and But the, if yeah. you looked at how they were defending, it was outside shots, It was right? low and danger, yeah. it was They were just setting up low danger. They were allowing the shots on the outside but protecting so hard and tight. And that you're right. Uh, but 55 minutes a night spent in the Canucks zone. Totally. But it was, yep. it was this that was the structure that they wanted to go with and then break out and get three on twos and two on ones the other way when they came to them. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like they relied really big on structure at that point. But the other idea obviously is the bohor We touched on it a little bit. I, I mean, that's, that's an idea, right? Like that, that, that That's a smart idea for the Canucks to move on to this. So I, I brought up some trades involving first round picks that I wanted to throw by you here. Because I, I don't think they're all exactly, it's impossible to find exactly what you can project here for the Bo Horvat return. But here's a couple that I wanted to bring up. So, the Alex Debrinket trade, you remember this at the draft, the most recent draft. The Sens traded a seventh overall pick, a 39th overall pick, and a third round pick for Alex Debrinket, who's an RFA after this season, right? Still no contract, RFA after this season. Like, could you see it being in the realm of a first a second like these are this is a high first a high second and a third round pick for for Horvat it's going to really depend on what this this team trading for Horvat can do on his next contract and he's got a good agent Pat Morris Pat Morris is the type of agent that can get deals done before the trade happens right if he's going to say Philadelphia or whatever some team oh baby (laughs) you know like Pat Morris is going to have a deal done in place before this trade happens, if the trade is going to happen. Here's another. The Kings trading um, their 19th overall pick and Brock Faber, great name, even better defenseman, for Kevin Fiala, who then right after that signs a 7x7875 deal. So just shy of $8 million. Could that be a comparable? Like Brock Faber's a... Not just because... I'm not saying because of the name. He's a right shot defenseman He's who good. I... He's good. Who to me was the perfect trade option for the Canucks if they wanted to move somebody that could be a prospect to play with Quinn Hughes in a couple of years. Brock Faber was that guy.
0: Brock Faber could probably play with and Quinn Hughes right now. Yeah,
1: oh, probably right now. It's not just because he's my cousin, it's because he's a really good right shot defenseman. He's and not they got they got a nineteenth <laughs> overall pick as well in that trade. Like yeah. if is this the type of return that Horvat can get? Because I tell you what, if you give if you're telling me right now nineteenth overall in a player like Brock Faber as your return for Bo Horvat, sign me up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Absolutely,
1: sign me up. Here's the other one I wanted to bring up for Sam Reinhart, who was on a three year deal at $6.5 million. Florida traded Devin Levi and a first round pick for him. Devin Levi is the best goalie not in the NHL, in my eyes. And the a first round pick, who 28th overall, they picked Yuri Kulik, who I loved. I thought the Canucks might even want to, you know, take a swing on this guy, who's a pure center. They got him with a 28th pick in the draft. That's for Sam Reinhart. So, just like none of these trades are the exact same. But this is in the realm where, like, you could look at these three trades and you could say, does Horvat have more value than all three of them? Right? Yep. Does Horvat have more value than Alex Debrinkett? Does he have more value than Kevin Fiala? Does he have more value than Sam Reinhardt? You could absolutely make an argument for each, each of them. So this is the type of return I think you could expect for Bull Horvat. And it's like, the, the Canucks need to get on the damn phones, man. Like, this is, this is the biggest thing you can do. The Canucks are missing draft picks in the next two drafts. They have Riley Stillman s- for a second. They have six draft picks next this coming draft. They have six draft picks in the year after that, where they're missing a second in that one. Like you need to get on this and start like moving Bo Horvat, man. That's that's, you know, like this is where you can start to actually start to trigger a rebuild. Give the fans some hope. Right. Yeah. And somebody in the chat there, Zabarro wrote, if they retain 50% on Bo, that that just helps for this season. I think what when you're trading Bo Horvat, I think the team that's trading for him wants him to sign that deal. And Pat Moore's yep. gonna get that deal. He's that type of agent, gets that deal done. Yeah, absolutely. For Horvat's future. You know, that trade's gonna come with Horvat going and signing a seven year deal with the Rangers and being the Rangers top center for a while. So that, that's, I don't know, I think that's the, the real key they got to start to move to here. You're
0: not going to get any disagreement from me there, and the conversation's not going to end. Like, it's going to end here today, because well, we're it's running gonna, out of time, it's but not gonna it's end. not going s- to end for a while. Like, we're going to still be talking about this, and hey, but give who us knows, something. by the end of the week, we might have a firing to talk about.
1: Well, I, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we get that tomorrow. So. And, 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 I don't know
0: if we'll have it on tomorrow's show, but I, no. I'm exp- and, and I see it thing, on Wednesday happening. The thing that matters most is not if they fire Bruce no it's where they go from here it's yeah. wh- how they address the fans it's what they do from here if, if I don't want to hear I don't want to hear the words we're going to continue to build out yeah. of Jim Rutherford's mouth when he speaks uh post uh, no done with Boudreau build firing. we're done with hearing we're gonna build okay I'm rolling no, now we got to hear something okay go to the bet we're gonna hear something prospect
1: report rap I'm gonna go super fast from the weekend here Danilo Klimovich. he was a scratch again on the weekend I tell you what to quote Dollywall, his agent's not doing cartwheels. His agent, Dan Milstein, he's got his client Daniela Klinovich benched. He's got his client Andre Kuzmenko benched. I'll tell you what, I don't think he's happy. Aku Koskenvo, uh, he had two wins at the Five Nations Tournament. Nice of Harvard to let him go play. He had 25 of 26 saves against uh, Sweden, was really good against Sweden. Speaking of Sweden at the Five Nations Tournament, Lea's Pedersen, he played in all four games. He had one goal. LeCarrie Mackey he played in three games. He had a goal and assist. Was hoping for a lot more from the Mackey. I thought Patterson was just fine. Nice to get the goal. Uh, Kirill Kudryatsev, he's got a couple more assists on the weekend. Now five points in his last six games. Don't be surprised if Will Lockwood gets a call up here soon with Pod Colson. If he's going to miss some games, I think it's going to be Will Lockwood. Uh, though I think Linus Carlson has been the best player uh, on that team, I think they want to keep him in the AHL for a while. Uh, they're also on a Canada-wide road trip. They took off today, I told you. AHL team, they're out east. Uh, they're going through Laval, Toronto back to Laval, and then on to Calgary. They're rolling all through Canada in the HL, um, So they're out on the East right now. Don't be surprised to see Will Locke would be the name if Pod Colson is going to miss some time. All right, that wraps up there. Let's get to Betway, 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 uh, Betway, Betway. Betway, our bet of the day on Betway. I got a couple from the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche game tonight. Let me catch my breath for a second. Ah. <sighs> Okay, I'm calm down. The prospect report gets me going here. All right, first bet: Vladimir Tarasenko to hit the over on 2.5 shots. You can get that at minus 118 right now on Betway. 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 Uh, I'm hitting that. I'm also hitting the ten dollars on this one. They, th- these Betway people, they're like Faber, stop doing these big plus 1400 bets. We want plus 200. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I gave you the, There's the shots one. Do the shots one if you want it, but we're here for we're here to make some money. Colorado Avalanche to win over 6.5 on the goals total. Uh, and Mika Ranton and Ryan O'Reilly to score a goal. Let's talk about it tomorrow. I'll be happy because I just made 140 bucks. So that's uh that's our Betway wrap up. Betway, Betway, Betway. Uh please play responsibly. Over there on the Betway there it must be 19 plus uh, older to play. Yeah, please play responsibly as well.
0: Okay. We'll wrap it up there. Good, good, good stuff today. I almost swore for some reason. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good stuff. For some reason, I thought we were off air. We're not. Uh, good. No, okay. stuff you know who's going to be
1: swearing off air is Alex. I, I got a feeling he's mad today.
0: Well, you brought up Alex to drink it, so yeah, he's, that's, uh, well, he's very triggering. All those, tra- all those
1: draft picks we talked about there.
0: Okay, uh, we'll we'll wrap it up there. They barely uh, gave up anything. For the- <laughs> that was a great trade. <laughs> All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. For our technical producer, uh, Alex Alari. He's not happy about the draft picks, And my co-host, Chris Faber. My name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much. We'll see you in another episode of the Canucks Conversation.
1: Throw in a second for it to break it.
0: Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?